Hello, I'm Trevor Sutton. This is my guest. Hello, my name is Brady Barassa. I am a freelance writer, author, and musician, and really happy to be here. Excellent. And this is Story Arcs. Uh, today we're coming back on Landscape, and so far we left off where we've got Ethan, eccentric professor, we've got Addison, Emily, and Piper at their uh, at their house after a drunken night's uh, sortier and showing off powers, and now we're going to bed for the night, and Emily's gone back home, and let's begin. So... I mean, I can see at, um, I'm sorry, what's the main character's name again? Addison or Addison. Addison, okay. I can see Addison, probably she's covered in goat goat feces, she's covered in water. She's five foot four and blonde so that she can change her hair color and use makeup later on to to hide her stuff if we want to go. But yeah, covered in poop. And she's more than likely very inebriated, so I I can almost imagine her maybe having a... Having, I don't want to say a panic attack, and I've I've never been intoxicated, so I don't know uh, how this would work. But I can maybe imagine her just maybe in the corner on her bed, freaking out, going, "How do I go to sleep? I'm covered in poop. That's what I'm focusing on right now. I don't know what's happening." And maybe Piper, who I mean, if if she's let's say, as you say, if she's this mousy little girl who isn't, who's kind of the everyone's friend, I'd imagine she isn't as drunk. So yeah. maybe she takes this time to, because she is a mole for the school. She is studying yes. Addison's powers. Maybe she takes this time to kind of figure out, like, Addison, it's okay. Calm down. Walk me through. What do you, how were you able to do this? What do you remember? And th- that could be a good way for maybe Piper to get information on Addison and have that rather than just, oh, I've seen it. Now maybe it's I'm recording it, or I can have it from her own lips, and she's drunk. She may spill some more secrets. Yeah. Addison could just be like, I, I tried to I tried to draw my bedroom, and I, I couldn't. Well, why did you try to draw your bedroom? Because I can teleport there if I tear the paper. It's supposed to work, and it didn't work. And she can kind of have this rant of I'm too drunk to draw. I tried. Now now I'm now I've humiliated myself, and Piper's soothing on the outside and on the inside going okay we get her drunk she can't draw that's a weakness oh wow dude that's that's amazing because they're gonna want to know her weaknesses and also this will be piper building rapport with her so she's trying to be nice and insinuate with stuff hey let's take a shower what's what's happened you know and and why did you go to the cabin that's genius i mean because i've seen in certain uh, certain comic books and things like like metahumans uh, the flash green lantern uh uh spider-man their powers sometimes don't work if they are either inebriated or tranquilized or drugged. Highly emotional state? Yes. And unless they have like a super fast metabolism or the focus to get away, to get away from that, uh, like I've, I've, for example, I've uh, read a comic where the Flash was uh, tased and kind of stunned. Ah. And he, he just had to concentrate for a split second to shake that off and then he could get his speed back. But maybe for like a, with, with Addison, her powers don't work if she is drugged or tranquilized or highly emotional. And maybe Piper is trying to figure out, okay, if we can't, if for some reason, we let's say we can't drug her, we can't tranquilize her. Turn her to her side, too, yeah. Or turn her, how do we get her maybe emotional enough to where she can't draw? Do we play on her fears, her insecurities, her, maybe she has a lack of self-confidence and she just doodles for fun and then... I mean, because I know she tears the paper, and I know in a, an earlier podcast you said it was out of frustration. Yes. Maybe maybe somebody tells her, like, 
Addison, this drawing, maybe there's a scene in the book where Addison, this drawing is terrible. She's like, fine, it is, rips it, and then poops. Well, yeah, that, that'll be that uh, that crazy teacher, too, because he's going to be super pressured on her, and maybe that was one of her projects. Oh, man, I like this this idea of, of, of Piper coming in and being very subversive as a good friend and, and gaining all this information about her weaknesses and stuff. That's perfect, and her boyfriend can be a big point in her emotional state. Mm-hmm. And instead of – so the emotional state, what it will affect is more of the how she accesses – so she might appear either – to the left or to the right or higher up, okay, so it'll be very it, it'll be very erratic um, or it just won't work depending on how emotional she is. So like in the case of the alcohol, instead of teleporting to the back of the room like she wanted, she went and teleported to her bedroom at, at her parents' house. So it's very erratic. If she's thinking about something else, that's where its effect is going to go. Okay, so I, I, I definitely like that. Um, I, I, I'm not much of a drawer, a drawer myself. I'm more of a, more of a writer, but I, I sometimes get nervous, sometimes get panic attacks. I, it's hard to focus, especially yeah. if you're drawing. Think of it in terms of writing, too. When you're writing, you're, you're either creating your world or writing a certain uh, chapter in your novel, and you get frustrated to the point where, bah, I want to be somewhere else. Or like a video game wage quit. It's like, nothing is working the way I want it to. We're just going to stop and take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, ha- I've had my fair share of those moments. Getting um, camped. Quite a lot. Yes, quite a lot. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but I do like uh, having Piper's characteristic because it does, as you say, uh, you don't want the audience to suspect her. No, no. But but oftentimes, I mean, oftentimes some of the greatest uh, traders in stories, books, movies, even in real life, can be the people who know us the most. Yes, best friends make the worst but, enemies. Yes, so I think giving Piper those scenes of where she is trying to console uh, Addison or maybe any other character, and then and being her personality of I'm everyone's friend, I'm the shoulder to cry on, when in reality... Well, you fools just gave up all your information to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I could imagine that, like, for the big final battle, where they're like, Piper, it was you? Yes, you fools, you gave all your information to me, you underestimated me, and now that will be your undoing. Eat molten glass. <laughs> <laughs> or just having, can you imagine these, these, uh, uh iridescent glass bubbles just floating in place everywhere and then slowly as it gets oh. towards a person psh, or casing the person in molten glass oh oh and it slowly starts to heat up and the heat just i mean oh, there's so uh, many bad things you can do or just the sand piercing your skin and then starting to heat up and molten glass coming out of you I, yeah oh, i mean God. there's so many absolutely awful things we can do okay so at one point She's she's in this special class with this teacher putting pressure on her. There's other students. So after she manifests her ability in the in the Fey uh, lore, after you've done the magic or seen the magic once, you're you're able to then basically see it from from then on. Okay. So this glamour, you're either looking away or you can't see it. So now that she's in this class and she returns after the special ability, she's looking around her and she sees that the people in this special class they're doing some weird stuff and they're not noticing that they're doing it. Like okay. one dude is like. When he's molding clay, it does it in a weird way. Or he can see through her paintings to where she's painting to, like an open window. So, And that's that's kind of one of the things that she's kind of uh, realizing right now is now this glamour has gone and she's seeing stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, to bring it back to writing, kind of like whenever you write a book and you kind of see, basically this is how you write, you, you, you don't read books the same. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, now I have magic. Now I can see it in everyone else. Yes, yes. It's like a different sense is opened up. So now you have sight, taste, hearing, and this this magic sense. 
Okay, and there's one thing uh, I, I'll, we'll get back to this, but I do want to quickly touch on uh, with uh, Pipo. Yes. Maybe with uh, one of her big battle scenes, I just thought of this. Is uh, you know, like how whenever you go to the beach and uh, you get sand in your everywhere. Yeah. Yes. What if? What if like maybe I don't I don't know if Piper's fighting anyone else other than our main characters, but maybe like maybe she asked ask a guy out to like one of her like one of the people she kind of flirts with them. Yeah. Who she wants to kill, takes him to the beach, comes back and says, hey, you know how uh, on the beach you get sand everywhere, you get it into everywhere? Yes, I know. Well, now it's true. And then she makes molten glass out of everything. Oh, because they're on the beach? Yes. And so, I mean, yeah, we've all been in sand. Like, it gets in bed sheets, it gets on the body, it gets on clothes. Yeah, and there's no way to get rid of it. Yes. And so I think that would be a real cool way to just have, like, okay, you've got, like, maybe someone, and I don't know if the law even makes this possible, but maybe someone is investigating these gruesome motos that are happening because of Piper or maybe something, and they say, like, all of our victims, they went to the beach a couple of days, or they were in a construction site, or they were in sand, like, oh, this is a someone who was seen in a sandbox, and then now they're all dead. I mean, and maybe they don't pick up the connection right away. I mean, that could be, that could be cool. Okay. So a detective, you're talking to maybe a, an outside fourth-party detective agency, right? I mean, because I'm thinking like um, I'm, I'm thinking with the school, you have a uh, you have detain, destroy, or just uh, accept. Yeah. What if there were a fourth method where it's kind of a, a kind of a release and track program, like they do with wildlife, where they tag a wild animal and then release it back into the wild to study it. Oh. Maybe they say like, uh, let's use a, uh, let's just use Piper for an example. Maybe Piper's ability is too dangerous to be controlled, but it's also valuable, so they don't want to kill her. Yeah. And for some reason or another, they can't bring her into the fold. So instead, they say we can't keep her at the school forever. She's going to suspect something. So why not hire a fourth-party agency to keep an eye on her? And report back to us. It might not even be the school at all. Maybe maybe there's another faction. Like a private that, eye. Yeah, that keeps an eye on these magical metahumans and says, well, some of them are just living normal lives and they either don't know about the magic or they've been released from the school. It's our job to keep an eye on them to make sure that they don't use their powers in a crazy way and cause destruction or panic, etc. I mean, I, I think that would be kind of a nice idea to have. Well, that'll lead us into our next. Because so, what's happening now is, is we've got to find a way to move this story along. Right? We've got to come up with some kind of conflict, and I don't necessarily want it between the school and uh, Addison yet. I want her to go to school for a while. I wanna, I wanna keep things on that track and kind of keep them as a, as a not a big boss type of deal, but just a hidden entity. So I mentioned earlier that she goes to the special class, and I did that for a reason because maybe one of these dudes, what we discussed in an earlier podcast, is one of these guys sees her painting because he's just kind of coming to his ability, and he goes, "Hey, have you noticed that some of this stuff's kind of weird here? Because I can see right through your painting." And then they have a conversation, and they start strike up not a relationship so much, but as a but hey, a conspiratorial something weird's going on here, yes. and he either gets captured destroyed or whatever and then she follows off and to kind of lead her suspicion away from the school and piper and everything else they send her on a wild goose chase on who killed this dude okay that could that could be i like that i can't imagine that the angel or demon ultra powerful boyfriend would be happy with a uh, and making a little pull um <laughs> well but, we've uh, got he's going to be a benign thing he's going to be a backstory especially for a while because 
later on they're they're going to end up married and doing their own thing, and that's going to be a whole another storyline. And he's going to kind of help her along and, and do whatever. But at this time, I, I think, and also the school is aware of the angels, so maybe we can have it so that when this guy's killed, they put the suspicion on this the track of the angels and demons. Not so much to say, oh, it's the angel over here, da 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 da, da. but as oh, there's other people like this, and this is their cabal, you know. And it kind of yeah. they kind of gently lead in that direction, and something she can't really pursue because it's so cosmic in scale. Exactly, but. It's enough to go, oh my gosh, i got to get better at this, and I've got to go to somebody who can help me do this. Oh, well, we at the school, you know, happen to be really good guys. Okay. But it's, she's got to go along this huge process in order to get there, so they can turn her into their fold. Because having someone that can teleport people it could be a very good advantage to anything. Yeah, but I think, I, I think I'd like, I think I, I like that. I kind of like the, let's put everything over here. Maybe there's even like a, cause, cause I, I'd imagine that for as great as the school is, at least as what I've seen in fantasy and other books, novels, and games, despite yes. how powerful people are, like let's control metahumans or wizards or mutants or whatever, those people are gonna slip through the cracks. Oh yeah. Either because, hey, we don't know that these guys have these abilities they haven't manifested yet, or that, hey, they're just, they don't want to be found. So maybe there's a, maybe not an underground group, but maybe there's a faction of criminals or private eyes or maybe people who have been in the school and realized something fishy is going on and they've managed to evade capture. Or detection, yeah. Yes, detection, and they've kind of formed their own little rogue group of magic users and the school kind of pushes pushes uh, Addison in that direction. Oh, to maybe to flush him out? Yes. Of like, hey, Addison, we are, we are your school teachers. We are trying to help your powers grow and manifest so that way you don't hurt anyone. Yeah. Maybe they play on that fear. And it's like, well, the other factions out there who aren't controlled, they, they will hurt people with their powers. They don't know how to use them, etc. So why don't we have you investigate this group of whatever to to catch uh maybe to catch a motor or do something to kind of flush this rogue group out so what i see happening is uh is her professor after whatever incident that happens they blame it on this group how this kid gets killed that she comes into contact the professor goes yeah we know about the ability and there's this rogue group that's been killing people and we need your help to do it because they've contacted you now um, I know her boyfriend's going to be part of that because he's been at the school investigating this stuff and fell in love with Piper during that time. And so he may be kind of helping that group along, and maybe he gets chased out of the school or something happens to the intern where, hey, over here, here's the group, you know, getting in with them, but I've got to go for a little bit because I don't want that ultra-powerful being deciding everything at this moment. Okay. But that's, a, that's an excellent idea because that way that will give us a reason for the boy. Maybe Piper kills the boy, you know. A giant sand monster comes out and, and just – <laughs> you know, decimates this guy in such a horrible way that uh, Addison now thinks, oh man, if this group is this bad, but we can't have her scared off too. She has to be able to, to be brave enough to join the group. Well, I guess she can escape at any time. So too scared. Okay. I mean, it almost reminds me like the, the little, I guess, political situation that you have going on here with this school that's controlling everything and then these rogue metahumans. It almost reminds me of a uh, the superhuman civil war in Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. Well, basically, uh, for all the listeners who don't uh, read comics like uh, we do, uh, there was a there was an explosion at a school in Stanford, Connecticut, in Marvel Comics, by a supervillain named Nitro. And basically what happened is, is uh, these young 
superheroes were fighting these villains. The battle got pushed out of a neighborhood and into a school. Nitro, who has the power to explode things, blows up and destroys, decimates the school, uh, decimates uh, the city, and causes a big incident to where the government says, hey, these young superheroes who are fighting these villains in Nitro, they were unregistered, they were untrained, they didn't take the battle out of a populated area, Therefore, we need to control all superheroes, which led to heroes like Iron Man, Miss Marvel, and Spider-Man uh, joining with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the government and saying, heroes need to be regulated, they need to be controlled, while others like Captain America, Luke Cage, and the Falcon said, hey, this is an attack on our liberties, we don't need to unmask for the public, we don't need to do what the go- everything the government says because they could be wrong, and it led to a massive deal-spanning conflict in the comics, where it was pretty much is it control of freedom and that neither side was right. So after that little spiel, uh, highly recommend Marvel Comics Civil War. Go check it out. That's awesome. I think you could draw some parallels because I'd imagine uh, this big incident, like if you have a giant sand monster, for example, yeah. it's going to be noticed. If not by if not by normal people, it's going to at least be noticed by the school and they'll have the ability to play on people's fear and say, this is why you students who have powers need to come to us. This is because so we can control you and events like that and deaths don't happen. Yeah, so you don't kill somebody on accident or so you don't lose control. You know, mm-hmm. we know people have, have gone completely insane with this stuff and, and you probably will too unless you're over here and, and we're able to keep an eye on you and put fear in them. Yes, and then the, the underground group is saying basically, well, yeah, they're teaching us, but they're also controlling us, and we don't want that. So something like that, I don't know. Oh, that's an excellent. Oh, that's an excellent idea. But I think uh, that would be uh, that would be interesting and kind of give, I guess, give Addison the loyalty division of well, the school is trying to control me because I'd imagine after she's drunk and she's teleported everywhere, she kind of realizes like maybe she wakes up in the morning and remember and has flashes of. I was in the pool, then I was in goat poop, then I was <laughs> jumping around. I can't control my powers, and what if I brought someone with me? What if I teleported into space by accident? And she kind of has that, I need I need someone to teach me, but she also kind of has, okay, somebody died, and the school is trying to kind of control our way of thinking. So she has that loyalty division of, do I side with the school and get control of my powers, or... How far do I work with them and not give up my freedom, not give up the ability to use these powers for good and to help people and for how I want? Or just my my personal freedom. Maybe she's not interested in helping other people. I'm not saying she's not. I mean, that's uh, – it definitely adds some inner turmoil, which is what characters need to progress a story. And that's – oh, man, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I can imagine like maybe, maybe uh, Addison one day she decides, hey – you know what, uh, I want to go uh, to this cabin in the woods where I've gone just to get some peace and quiet. Maybe, because I mean, she's a student, she gets stressed with homework, all these stressors that the teachers are putting on her. Maybe she says, you know what, I've got the ability to up and leave for a couple days, why not do it? Yeah. And maybe the school catches her and says, you can't use your powers unless someone is watching you, or unless it is in a school-mandated environment. Um, so you, you just can't teleport willy-nilly uh you have to a teacher needs to say like hey addison you can teleport to a mountaintop and get a diamond and bring it back for your tests 
or something like that. And Addison is kind of or she has to she has to clear her what she wants to do with the school before she does it. They have to give her the permission. Kind of like in real life with a college or with high school, even like you have to say like, hey. Teacher, can I go get lunch off campus? Or can I drive here during my school break? You have to get permission from the teacher. And a lot of students are kind of like, well, why do I have to get permission? Maybe she has that. Yeah, I'm a grown adult. Why do I have to do this? Kind of that mentality of rebellion of like, well, if I if I want to go and go to a cabin for a few years, I'm not hurting anyone. I've turned in all my homework. I've done. Like, it's not going to affect anyone but me. So yeah. why are they saying no? Maybe give her that turmoil. Because I know, I know sometimes I feel that way, where it's like, I want to do this, it's not going to hurt anyone, it's not going to cause me problems, it's just going to affect me, so why why are people saying no? Okay, so in an earlier podcast, uh, Sarah suggested that there be a, a drug called distortion. And basically, it affects people with this magic, because it affects whatever, like, it distorts what's going on. So maybe if she does this too much... Uh, she's either forced to breathe in an aerosol or something, and it distorts her powers so she can't use them. And basically, she's grounded because she disobeyed the school. And I'm just talking about for further things. So how they can, how can they enforce what she wants? And maybe through this drug is what they use to enforce things. With I'd imagine, like, they, I mean, if it's if it's an, I like that. I mean, if it's an air-based drug, they could pump it through ventilation systems. Yeah. They could, they could say, like, I mean, I'd imagine if they're keeping tabs on everyone through Piper, through probably security cameras, through other means, maybe they can look into it and say, hey, Addison is drawing late at night and she's not drawing, or she's drawing the cabin that she said she wanted to talk about going to. Pump in some sleepy time gas and some distortion. To make it so she's either too tired or too disoriented to use her powers. Or make her think that she can't use them on command. Or give her that kind of, you know, mind, mind messerepery. Because I can, I can imagine, like, maybe, maybe after that wild drunken night of her teleporting back and forth, maybe she's a little bit afraid to use her powers again. Kind of like, well, if I rip this paper and don't go to the cabin and I instead end up floating on the top of a mountain and then roll down, yeah. I could hurt myself. I could hurt others. I mean, I could teleport I could teleport into someplace really dangerous without meaning to. So maybe she's her brain is kind of wired to be, everything has to be perfect so I can teleport and just have it be exact. And she's afraid to teleport if if something doesn't feel right for her. Put a limitation on her. Yeah. That's, that's good. Because later on, I, uh, I'm going to have it so she is able to, to teleport without the paper. She'll slowly lose the necessity of this ritual, and she'll be able to do it you know, just by thinking about it, which will lead to other being able to do other things. So having a huge amount of restrictions on this thing and giving her that fear, oh, man, what if I teleport myself and integrate into a wall? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. I, I'm not going to make it so that is possible, but her having that fear and then also help with the distortion, the school can definitely instill those fears. Hey, you need to learn with us, and this is why. And now you can't even use your ability. What, what if What if you get put in a situation where you have to do it, and all of a sudden you can't use it? And because she's been affected by this distortion, which she doesn't know, you know, she doesn't use it during a certain time, and it scares her in that direction. Because we could do so many things as far as uh, conspiracy theory-wise and things behind the scenes that the that the person doesn't know about. Oh, man, well, my power didn't work like this, and now I'm doing this. And, you know, just blatantly mess with people in the story. I think that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, they. I mean, going back into comics, they do that all the time with schools and other things. Well, it is kind of 
if you do not learn how to use your powers, you are going to hurt someone or hurt yourself or use them the wrong way, etc. Yeah. I think I think that would be really cool just to bring that in and maybe even have some students who maybe maybe because uh, like I do a lot of uh, freelance articles on uh, on drugs on medication and I know that there's a lot. And I should specify by saying I write about medication. I am not on medication. <laughs> so specifying that, I write a lot about drugs, antibiotics, things like that for clients. Oh. And I know that there are some ways to be overexposed to antibiotics where a bacteria will have too many antibiotics and it will become resistant. Yes. Maybe, maybe distortion works the same way because like, the way addictions work is like, I can smoke one cigarette, which I don't, if my mother's listening. Um, I can smoke one cigarette and feel good, and then tomorrow, I smoke one cigarette and feel nothing. So I need to smoke two cigarettes. Then the next day, I need three, four, etc. Maybe with students who are extra rebellious or extra dangerous, the school uses more distortion or uses more drug methods, and their bodies build up some form of resistance. Maybe not enough to overcome it, but at least enough to maybe realize like hey something's not right here and maybe that's that's where this underground resistance too formed up because they were able to build a resistance and remember and do things kind of like a, with a going back going back again to comics with green lantern yeah you know for so many years they had the ability the rings wouldn't work on the color yellow because that symbolized the color of fear and in certain comics especially with howard jordan he was, on very limited occasions, actually able to overcome that restriction. He could touch yellow objects with the power of his ring. He could manipulate steel-based items. He could do things like that just because he had the willpower to do so. So maybe we could have a student who is so resistant to distortion that he is able to actually use his powers for a brief moment whenever everything around him says he can't. Oh, that's how it worked with Hal Jordan. He was fighting Sinestro, a villain who uses a yellow lantern ring. The only way that he could uh, defeat Sinestro's, uh, his shield, because he had a yellow bubble shield around him, was to crack the uh, barrier. So Hal basically poured all the willpower he had into overcoming fear, yeah. shattered the barrier, and then later on in the comic, he said, I, I did it. I defeated Yellow, but he couldn't do it again. It was just too much, yeah. It would probably take a, a situation where your adrenaline's pumping and, and nothing, you had to overcome that, that specific thing. Because I'd imagine, like, even if you're drugged or tased or otherwise intoxicated, sometimes, like, the will to fight or do something, like, I've heard stories about people who have been tased several times and they don't go down because they want to either fight or achieve this goal or do something like that. It's like how a woman can lift the call off of a baby. Her yeah. adrenaline is just pumping so high whenever everything else is saying, I can't lift this call, she's going, I can. And she does it for that brief moment in time. We could have a similar effect with the uh, with the distortion drug. And able to, to overcome the distortion drug. And maybe maybe she's put in a situation where she needs to escape and this, this school has used distortion on her. And she overcomes that, but is only able to overcome it because of that situation. Either a friend was in danger, or she was in danger, or her parents. That man, that's some good. That, that'll be that'll add some good plot thickness later on. That's awesome. Ton of ton of different examples where heroes are basically told you can't use the force, so turn into the Hulk, or hey, we took away your super speed, you can't yes. use it, and then they do it regardless. So I think that would be kind of cool and also also show that there is a weakness to the school's power yeah i'd imagine that their heavy-handedness is because of distortion it keeps the students docile it 
quells any rebellion. And now, student, now this student or this resistance movement is basically saying distortion can be overcome. It can be beaten. And maybe that's how they entice students to the side by saying, hey, you know that thing that they say gives them power over you? Well, it doesn't. And, and we're going to show you how to beat distortion. We're going to show you, we're going to give you the confidence to try. Now, there was a one cool quote that I actually read today during my lunchtime comic that I think would go well for your resistance group. And it was a, um, Harley Quinn was fighting a, fighting a Shazam, a <laughs> hero with the powers of Superman. Yeah. And she said, uh, it, it was in this injustice universe where basically a green pill gives normal humans, uh, metahuman powers. And the quote was, um, I love these green pills, not because they give me the ability to kick a god in the face and have him heal it, but because they give me the confidence to try. And maybe it's kind of, well, we're not going to give you the keys to overcome distortion because it's going to be hard. I mean, the drug still has an effect no matter how tolerant you are. But if you work with us, we're going to give you the confidence to try and rebel. We're going to give it meaning. And that definitely gives some good characteristics and some good, just some good depth of character to this, to this, this group. I really want to be careful too as to how we present this thing. I don't want it to be too political in nature. I want to try and stay away from a lot of that kind of stuff. So as far as this group's going to be concerned, it is going to be completely against the control of this school. Not, not that the school again is not bad or good or anything. It's just that they're controlling them. But the level of, like, maybe it's kind of like uh, going back to Civil War. Maybe it's like, okay, uh, heroes need to be, or these people, these powered people need to be, um, regulated somehow, but the extent with which the school is regulating them. It's too much. There are right and wrong ways to make that, uh, powered people do not harm, do, uh, use their powers, uh, responsibly, but you are, you are basically taking away their free will with yes. the drug, you are controlling them. So we're not fighting the idea of of control, we're fighting the methods of control that you are using. You are going to fall, and we are going to stop you. So let's uh, let's direct this because I like these ideas. I also need. I like the idea of this outside observational group. I'd All like right. to. I like to. I'd like to get an idea of of who they are and how they work because I think the idea that they're a, kind of like a private eye or a gumshoe, a, a separate entity that is aware of this group but not part of. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I think I, I see that. Because we've got to have reasons for them to be what they are. And without that, I mean, just having just this, oh, unexplained, you know, uh, observation group. Oh, yeah, well, you know, we know that this is, you know, it's it's too it's too loose. It'd be tightened down a little bit. Well, let's focus on let's focus on why they do what they do. So they are observing these powered people. Catching releases. I like that idea, too. Maybe they are, uh, like, maybe they've seen horrors that, an, an, that a powered person can do if they aren't controlled. Maybe like uh, with like uh, with the giant sand monster, as you said in the be- uh, with Piper in the beginning. Maybe uh, maybe that's not the only large power person incident that has happened. Well, this thing's been going on for eons, remember? Because the the history is for eons. So yeah, I mean that could work really well. It's like an outside agency that reports these things to happen. Kind of like what would they be? Because it, it wouldn't be someone who because they they're not going to take action. They're not going to be in there. They're going to report to people. And maybe this school is one of those groups that one of the groups that they report to but they've got to have some kind of front they've got to have some way to make money because or or they've got to be funded in some way you see what i'm saying they've got to have a reason to do what they're doing maybe they could be a people or maybe they could just be like regular private detectives who also take on more occult cases how about an underground 
newspaper for this type of thing. Oh, that could work. I, I like that. And that way, in this case, they would be working with not just the school. They could work with a bunch of people that subscribe to this paper. And in order to access thing, this thing, you've got to have a way to either read or whatever this paper or have access to the group in some way that they give you have they give you access. Because we can't have the regular populace know and understand this stuff. They, we got to make sure everything – because nobody knows about this. You can't see the face stuff unless you've been activated. Maybe that's part of the – maybe that's part of the fifth sense that you talked about earlier where Addison could – once she activated her power, she could see all the, the powers of the other people. She could see all the weird stuff that was going on. Maybe there's a way to camouflage, like, it's a newspaper, so maybe there's a way to camouflage the uh, the boxes that you see on the corners of roads or corners of a, where they have the uh, newspapers, or maybe there's a way to... Or maybe they make it look like the Inquirer. Oh, that could work. <laughs> Giant ant attacks woman. Yes, that could work like... No, they could be given to the general populace as, like, crank stories. Yes. Or, hey, here's our, here's our comic book section. Well, here's the, like, uh, I know on in the real life I use this for stories, like, they have the weird news stories yeah. where they show impossible things, but you wouldn't know about that if you're not looking for it. I looked for it, and I found it for some story prompts. Maybe those, maybe somebody, like, without powers can read it and go, oh, giant ant attacks woman, ten-foot-tall kitty cat, Bat Godzilla sighted. Godzilla sighted again. Blah blah blah. And then somebody with powers can go, "Whoa, I saw I saw that. Like th th this isn't a story. This is real." Like, yeah, and, that and, works. And this group is this newspaper that keeps track of all this stuff. And the newspaper is for these entities that have subscribed to it and understand either the code or can see through whatever glamour that makes them think it's just crap. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Oh, this stuff is real," and they're trying to tell us about this. That way, because I think it would be a lit. Well, yeah, I don't know how complicated it would be to have like a separate newspaper, but I think it would be kind of cool to have it be hiding in plain sight. I always like that in the story. Whenever the answer is under your nose, and you just, you just either can't or don't see it. Yeah. So it would be a uh, would be really cool to just have to have that paper be under under the general populace's noses. In fact, that could be either the editor of the newspaper's uh, ability is to kind of glamour these newspapers. Not so much that they're hidden from everybody, but just when people look at them, they think it's nonsense. They, I mean, their brain automatically glows. It's glamour. So, in okay, and I like to reference a lot of reality, uh, religions and the actual fae uh, stuff from uh, Ireland to, to kind of enhance the story. So that way it, it kind of brings people more into it. When people see this magic, it's called glamour. Is, is what the, the old Irish stuff is called. You, you, you're seeing through the glamour. Like uh, sometimes they say it's a shimmery thing, or now you can see what, what's actually happening. But it's, it's glamouring something. And I think that's I think that's a I have to look it up. I think it's a definition of another or it is a word for that. It's basically confusing or confounding somebody. And and the the, the editor of this newspaper can glamour it. Not so much to change it because it'd be it would take a lot to change everything and, and change everybody's mind, but so that when people look at them, it kind of pushes their that, that thing in their head that says, oh, this is ridiculous, and I'm not going to buy this newspaper. I'd never spend money on this. But when people who have this ability to see through glamour look at it, they're they're drawn not drawn to it, but they can see it for what it really is. I like that. I like that a lot. And now this newspaper is, is a group that basically follows around these catcherly scenarios for this group because they'll tell them, hey, this is the person over here. I need you to write stories and, and, and keep us updated. And then also 
because maybe they can be selective about their glamour. So maybe if they they're told to keep track on this one, only this school group will be like looking at it and going, oh, this isn't ridiculous. I can see these these stories for what they really are because they've subscribed to this guy and he has that ability to make the glamour only work for certain people. That makes sense. Kind of like okay, if this page of the newspaper only affects my school, affects me, I see it the way it is. Yes. Otherwise, oh, it's nonsense. Or maybe I can see through it, and it's like, oh, I just I don't care about that. Okay, this is what matters. Yeah, it 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 makes you either peak or not peak interest. Like uh, if this has nothing to do with me. Why am I even looking at this? You know, sewage plant fails in Minnesota. Okay, so what? But for someone who's interested in that story, or that's that's compounding it, it'll peak their interest, or it'll unglamour them, and they're able to see what that story is and read it fully because they'll they'll want to pay attention and that's awesome and that's how that person can follow around report to people without actually reporting to people i think i like that i think yeah having a newspaper follow people around and kind of have the ability to just track people and, and that makes a lot of sense so i think that would be really uh really cool and i think you could even maybe uh Maybe even use a newspaper entries as part of the story. But maybe have a Addison or Piper or somebody maybe uh, lead the newspaper to keep track of current events. Because I know that going back to bringing into into reality, I know some people who only watch uh, one news channel, yeah, or who only read the newspaper, or who only uh, watch, or who only listen to a certain radio station. Yes. Maybe one of the characters is like, I'm only gonna read the Inquirer for. <laughs> And I'm not watch TV or do anything else. And so maybe you could even you could even maybe have the world view change a little bit because they are only reading what is being fed to them by the Inquirer and not looking at other options or methods of uh, information gathering. You could even have a character who's like, "Hey, I, I read this in the in the Inquirer. It's news. It has to be true. This person is bad, etc." And then, well, did you not read the? Well, uh, what if you didn't read the Inquirer? Because if you watch the, if you watch the TV, like maybe there's a glamour news report on TV, it says the exact opposite. The Inquirer's trash. I mean, but you're only getting your info from the Inquirer. So you could, you could even have like a maybe not a war of information, but you could have maybe two allies like Addison and Emily, for example be divided on the news that they consume. And that would be a good reason to make Emily out to look like a bad guy, too. So you could have, like, okay, Emily is only reading the Inquirer, so she thinks that this this outside group is bad, whereas I'm getting my information from these other sources, and they're trustworthy, and I, I believe them, and I subscribe to them, so I know I know a different amount of information than she does. Emily has a secret ability that she can see through glamour, but she doesn't know it. Yep. Uh, but it, but to her, because she she doesn't know what she's doing. It's just it's still nonsense. I mean it, it's I mean it's it's real. Yeah, because she can see collaborating stories. She's like, what the what? Yeah, and that's why she's eccentric and weird and does this. And she's in the psychology and this movie makeup stuff. And that would fit right along with her personality too. And and that way we can Piper can use those instances because she can kind of understand that they see that she can use those instances to where Piper sees through this reality or uh, Emily sees through the reality to drive Addison away from uh, from Emily and then drive that wedge deeper and then really create a that triangle tension which would be I like this I like I love the newspaper man that's awesome I think it would really add in some character and especially to the 
three girls to the kind of triangle where they all have maybe the same sets of information, but they look at it differently. Because, like, in reality, I mean, we have, like, this one group wrote this newspaper and they see it one way, a second group sees it another way, a third group sees it the third way. It's all the same information, yeah. but it's how you look at it. It's what you focus on. Right, or maybe what you've paid this editor of this newspaper to be able to see. Because keep in mind, because he might be reporting to several other different entities. So maybe, because she could be catching... I see what you're saying, though. Oh man, that's gonna take. That's I mean, this this in itself, fleshing out this this newspaper is gonna take a lot. I'm not sure if I should apologize or not. No, no, no. no. Like I said, I, I I enjoy working this world from the outside in because the the organics of the history and the stuff. Because now I've got to figure out who's the head of the or how did they start the news, uh, how has it affected this throughout, and where have they gone through? Because this is a whole different side, and hell, it could be a whole new story arc about this this person starting the newspaper. I can even, like, uh, in, in terms of the story that we have right now, maybe the editor is, maybe maybe he, he becomes his own character, and he becomes, like, a hub of information. Yeah. To where, to where if Addison is, maybe she believes in the newspaper, she subscribes to it, she likes it, so maybe she says, like, I need help, I need information, I don't know who to trust. Oh, and writes to the editor? Yeah. Oh, or maybe a newspaper page just hits her in the face, and she goes, Hey, I could write, or I could go see, or I could contact this editor because I trust what they're saying. Or she saw, because she saw that the sand monster, and she saw what happened to her friend get killed, and then it reported it in the uh, in the Enquirer. And she's like, "Holy cow, this guy knows something." She puts mm-hmm. that two and two together and contacts the editor. So I can definitely see him being kind of a, a hub of information um, onto Addison and possibly even other characters. Just because I mean, he's seeing everything. Everything that goes to every institution, I'd imagine, is going by his desk so he can glamorize it. Yes. I'd imagine he's. I'd imagine he's reading it. He's seeing the information. So maybe he kind of knows more than he lets on. Well, he's probably blackmailed. I mean, let's. I mean, let's. Uh, in reality, here, okay, if someone's got that kind of information and knows certain things, people would usually like either destroy, kill, or whatever him, and don't do it because he has certain things backed up and will be released if you're if you're whatever. And I can glamour it so that everybody wants to look at it. So he's like this third-party entity that's kept safe because of information. But that being said, um, that means now we have to have a full business because these abilities usually only manifest one at a time. That means we're going to need reporters. We're going to need things for this. And it might not be a big thing, but there's definitely going to be more than one person because he's mm-hmm. going to edit and parcel out this information. So that means we're going to need field reporters to go out and get this information that either follow certain cases. Their, their focus is on because people subscribed or businesses have subscribed to this newspaper and said, hey, we need you to follow these people. They've been tasked to follow certain people. And now these people have to have – A, they have to have an ability because they have to see through the glamour to be able to understand what's going on. And they, they, they got to be able to to either write either by, you know, like maybe some dude can sit at home and just go out and spirit walk. You know what I mean? So nobody can see that he's there. He can just go out, see what's going on, and come back into his body and then write about it. So we're going to have to have several reporters that have these – that have singular abilities to write, observe, and then hand in this information to the editor. So now I've got to figure out – Wait, maybe they could be members of the underground group or maybe not members but like – there could be a connection between the underground group and the editor. Freelance writers. Okay, are they hiring? Because I, 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 what's their pay rate? <laughs> I'm a freelance writer. Uh, if you're still hiring, they're paying good. I'll, I'll get an ability and I'll, I'll walk around. But I'd imagine like the school and maybe any other giant factions in this world, I'd imagine they probably produce their own propaganda. Yes. 
or produce or, or pay to have articles in the uh, in the newspaper that people can see. Well, an underground group probably wouldn't have that. Oh, like they pay that editor to put out false propaganda to mislead this group. Yes, and so there could there could even be a power struggle with the editor because the school is probably producing its own propaganda and probably has the editor in its pocket somehow. And maybe the group is going like, we need to fight the propaganda war, so we need to bribe or maybe maybe they have like the freelance writers or double agents where from they are the, from the group. Yes, they are working both with the organization to get their message out there and also to keep tabs on what is the school producing. Well, then let's do this. The yeah. editor, the the newspaper, the guy that runs this newspaper, he hires freelance, uh, basically these freelance specials to come in and write, and he'll sometimes give them, you know, tasks. Hey, you got to follow this person to do that. But we're gonna say he's not beyond reproach, but he's that guy that that wants to be a reporter that everybody believes no matter what. So his his impeccability, you know, he he tries to stay on top of things. And there are certain instances where people's they've been subverted or whatever unknowingly to where they hand out certain propaganda. So maybe the business has contacted them and gave them stories sometimes that are not, you know, oh, the school's doing this now. And then that's that's kind of like their – it's a subversive propaganda. So that way when this underground group – because we're, we're not going to say all the freelance writers are from this underground group, but, but a couple have come there, contacted this guy and said, hey, you know, this – the school's messing with you. And that's how they're, they're going to try and turn this editor – oh, so now you've, you've undermined my, you know, I, I give you all this information, we work together, and you undermine me? Yeah, because these kind of people, they have, they have a lot of power as far as blackmail or being able to hand information to somebody's enemy and causing things to go wrong. And I'm, I'm going to say, as a, as a writer and freelancer, there's nothing worse than having an angry editor <laughs> at you uh, coming, coming down your neck. Uh, there's nothing worse than that. <laughs> Um, if any of my clients are listening, if you're editors, I love you, but uh, for anyone else, there's nothing worse than having a ticked off editor um, whenever you're get, trying to get a project uh, done. And I, I really can see a lot of character development with this editor going, hey, school, if you tick me off, I've got files backed up to where they will be released upon my death, as you said. Or I can really, basically, he's pretty much saying to every group that works with him, you can work with me, but if you cross me, I've got enough information to destroy you. I'm going to bury you, or I'll give it to your enemy who, who would love to know this certain type of information, and they're going to come bury you. Because I mean, like, uh, like in, in, real, uh, in real history as well as in fantasy and sci-fi and such, I mean spy groups, especially third-party spy groups, they, they played both sides. They were people, uh, gun runners, smugglers, they went – they oh, yeah. It's, they frequently information in Star Wars. We have the Hut cartels, and they would routinely sell information to both the Republic and the Separatists, or the Rebels and the Empire. And they were kind of and because and because neither side wanted the enemies to to know the uh, to know all the information. They kind of just let it be. Yeah. They said the Huts are going to betray us, but if we go for the Huts, they're going to release all the information to our enemies. Yeah. So we just kind of have to accept that some of the stuff is going to be leaked. Some of it is going to be tossed around. We don't have we don't have total control. Only the editor does. And if we tick him off, he's just going to release what he's got, and everything's going to collapse because of that. Yeah, and at least you're getting something from this guy. Yeah, he may yeah. he may he may be causing, but the information you're getting from him way outweighs that issue. And you don't ever want to lose your control on information because information is power. So therefore, this editor. 
is ultimately powerful in this universe. He knows things, like a collector even. I mean, he could have been doing this for a long time. I mean, he could be even maybe an angel or a demon later on. That could, uh, that could work. It could even be, if you didn't want to make him an angel or demon, maybe a its own little group of, like, Fae who... Because like, uh, I know you said uh, with your backstory, like, people, whenever they die, they, they the essence basically gets uploaded. For this group, for either the angels, the demons, or the Fae. So yeah, it gets it gets recycled to the Great Mother and then recycled back into it. You could maybe even have like a group of Fey, maybe a specific bloodline or molecule line. I don't know how that works. Well, it's a caste system. So uh, and to go back on that, so basically when they die and when it comes back up, when they're reborn during puberty, they get cast into their caste. So what'll happen mm-hmm. is is basically their makeup will decide if they have. Oh, we're we're more of a uh, uh, we're more of the royal or more of the the fighting guard. Okay. Well, then their body will decide that, their wolves will pop out, and then they'll be cast into that cast. They'll still have a relationship with their mother and father and, and live and work how they want to, but their overall goals, desires, and likes are going to align with, with what the majority of their uh, cellular makeup is. It's not to say that they're not made up of other things, too, because, again, they're trying to evolve. The whole purpose of this whole experiment is to evolve and find an answer to stagnation. That I mean, that works. They also have, the Fae have a portal to Earth. So there is a Fae planet, and then there's Earth. And if you've heard, if you've looked back in a lot of uh, German, English, Irish culture, there's this thing called the Wild Hunt, where the fairies come over here and hunt things. I've, I've actually dealt with that on multiple occasions. <sighs> it's never been pretty. You... But I've had to deal with them in writing video games, so I, I'm familiar with that. My, my first book is going to be on the hunt. You, uh, for the for the Fae, it's the one I'm writing right now, and you guys. Can I throw money at you now and just 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 make you write it? I will throw money at you and just uh, get get my copy. <laughs> Meanwhile, back to the landscape podcast. <laughs> Super friends. I absolutely enjoy, and I'm and I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it an e- a separate story arc. The the editor, and I, for right now, that's gonna be our. Uh, that's gonna be our term, just to kind of keep notes on this guy and what I'd like to. I think I'm gonna develop him. As a as a story arc, the editor. I think that would be that would be awesome because somebody with uh, that much information, that much uh, power. I mean, he's got to have a cool story. Oh, yeah. He's got to have some way of like, here's how I became who I am, yeah. and here's here's why I am trusted with this much information, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I think that would be really cool, and I think it would just be an amazing way to get your information, backstory, etc., out into the world for the characters to be able to use it. It would also branch off to other bad guys or other good entities, large corporations that have a, a thing, which could branch off into other stories. Again, the organic building, and this editor could provide a lot of, like a, a central basic hub of, of, of the Fae universe for this story. For this timeline, for the story arcs, or in this in this history part, he could provide a definite hub of organic growth to other heroes. Uh, maybe we can follow some some bad corporations that do certain things. I like doing anti-heroes too. I think this yeah. anti-hero stories are just awesome. You have given me story gold as far as the editor's concerned, and thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's what I try. What I try. But I think it would, yeah, I think it would be interesting. Lily would going back to the characters. I think it would be a good way to just give them information, give them the ability to act that information. And I like the idea of maybe having Abigail write a letter to the editor, and maybe or, or, or contact him in some way. Maybe, maybe after uh, after this incident where a friend has died, or she's hearing about this other group. The school is kind of cracking down on her abilities. Maybe she's kind of. 
I don't know who to trust, but I've been reading this paper, and it's interesting. And my interest has been piqued for these certain articles. And through her interactions, she knows that this guy's at least honest. He may not be a good or bad guy, so maybe he becomes a kind of a confidant for her. And she's kind of like, okay, everyone is telling me all of these things and all of these conflicting viewpoints. What's your opinion? You are honest or straightforward. Maybe his entire paper is built upon, I'm going to give you the facts first and the emotion second. So we could we could potentially have her do that and some um, talk to the editor. I like the idea of keeping her separate, especially away from because I don't I don't I want to keep the story and everything around her and not about the resistance crew. Mm-hmm. The editor grounds her in that direction. Be a freelance writer for her. be a freelance reporter for her. you know go ahead and do your life and but don't be part of these. The information's be like me and maybe he kind of mentors her in that direction. Not so much tells her oh you got to write and do this what I'm doing, but be your own, make your own decisions and be your own person instead of listening. To and kind of that whole like. Okay, information's power, and it's all about how you use it. And this, being a writer, this is how you get the information, and you can choose how to use it. You can choose, okay, un- I guess understand the ideals of this group. I'm going to understand the ideals of the school and then make my own decision. Be my own person. Which essentially, as a freelance writer myself, I can say that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's about taking, taking the information from clients, from groups, from other people, putting it together, and really just having control and saying... This is my work day. This is my time. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to present this information. And nobody can, nobody can really tell you, Hey, you're not doing it right. Because freelancing is all about, here's how I have control. Like this is, I work from nine to four and that's it. No one can tell me otherwise. I write about these topics. That's it. And I don't, I don't fear to write about these topics either. I'm, this is what I do. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. So you could potentially have a Addison go in that direction which becomes more independent and maybe as the as the story goes on because she's a member of the school maybe she goes from being kind of not dependent on the school but she listens to them she takes in the information yeah and then she realizes hey the school's not always right there's these other groups out there she encounters the newspaper and then she eventually grows into i'm not going to listen to anyone but myself i'm going to take in the facts because Maybe she's sick of being manipulated or sick of having information pour in one way. I mean, maybe she even finds out through this resistance group about uh, this, about uh, the drug, about the method that they use to control them. And she's like, OK, I'm sick of being manipulated. I'm going to be my own person. And maybe this resistance group's over manipulative, too, on, on the heavy handed on the uh, a different type of goal part, because they're they they, they kind of want the same thing, too. They want. The metahumans, and maybe they're over overprotective or over motherly or over something else. That could be good because uh, um, once again, going back to civil war, because I can see so many parallels. I mean, Captain America's group. I mean, they won't they won't the good guys in the comics. Basically, uh, what Captain America wanted was he wanted freedom at any cost for his group of metahumans. He wanted uh, he kind of wanted to return to a system of let's go back to the way it was before where there was no control, where metahumans could have the freedom to do and go and fight whoever they wanted, and uh, they were under the Avengers, whereas, uh, whereas at the end of the comic, I mean, a whole new status quo was created. Yeah. It was basically the incident that caused the Civil War basically dragged into question, heroes need to be controlled. The answer is how. And so Captain America was too firm on, okay, there's no control, Iron Man was just too much control, and they didn't meet in the middle. Maybe we could have the school going, "Hey, uh, we need to we need to control you through this drug and through these other means." The resistance group going, 
okay, that the drug is wrong, but we're going to control you by being super strict and protective and limiting. Like, you can only do this, this, and this. And it's, it's more freedom than the school gives you, but it's not a, but it's... It's still not the same as having your own freedom. And so Addison is kind of, okay, there's, there's got to be a middle ground. There's got to be a way where I can do what I want and not hurt anyone. You have played, you have played the central theme of my whole universe. They're stagnant because they're too this or they're too that, and they have to find their, a new path through. And everything's getting built organically, and that's why these strifes and these, these three races have been built. And maybe that's why the, the humans is the fourth race. Maybe they were built to have these strifes and become kind of like the answer to why it became stagnant or why they became too controlled or too exactly. And you're playing, and that's the whole theme of the universe, is you're playing it out on an even smaller scale. That's Thank you, thank you. Well, I didn't know I was doing that, but thank you. That feels really good because I, and I do like the idea of maybe humans because because you did say in your backstory they evolved from organic mechs. Yes, they kind of became their own creation. Maybe uh, that's why they were created to finally prove the answer. Because um, in a uh, once again uh, on the video games here, there's a series called XCOM, uh, and XCOM Enemy Unknown, Within, and Two. Yes. And basically, uh, in the first game, aliens attacked the Earth, uh, the XCOM security force, which is basically the UN, uh, a global council, fights the aliens and discovers that these aliens, the elders, are dying. And they have been going around the universe collecting races and trying to basically build a new body for themselves. Ah. One of the races they found was uh, too too weak, another was too strong, and it couldn't house the house of their uh, mental capacity. And so whenever they found Earth in the second game, they took it over, and they basically said, we're going to kill a whole bunch of humans, mesh their DNA together in the Avatar Project, and turn them into perfect body. Maybe the angels, demons, uh, ancestors, etc., maybe the humans are the perfect body. They just didn't realize they created it. That And, yeah, and it's right under their nose. Because, I mean, angels and demons, I mean, you said they have to inhabit these mechs spiritually. Yes. Well, it activates it activates and turns them into like super with the vertebrae in the back. Yes, maybe maybe uh they did that, but they didn't take it that extra step further of let's give these things life on their own where they don't have to be controlled, and then they're their own perfect species that can not only remember the past and embrace it, but also move forward and change and break the cycle of stagnation. Exactly, and they they live and die, and I think that's a big that's a big uh, turning point too is. They, they, can't, they can't live forever, so they have to live their lives for the fullest, whereas the angels, the demons, and the uh, the fae, they live until they are either destroyed or they die off. And I think these three races have, have organically created these humans, not as, you know, they were intended as a weapon to do something else, but they've turned into an answer, the answer for the issue that they didn't even know they were trying to figure out. And that's, in fact, my uh, my illustrator, Sarah, she came on, and, and she had a similar a similar uh, kind of going about that kind of this, I, I think it's great. I think that's exactly where I want to go, that the, the humans are the answer to, to gods being stagnant. And there's even a, uh, I should worry about stock in Marvel just because of how much I'm plugging their products, but there was a, a comic book series called Secret Wars 2. It's terrible, but uh, the... Uh, but the underlying message is basically a, a, a omnipotent being known as the Beyonder. Yeah. Uh, in the first Secret Wars, he captured a bunch of Earth's heroes and villains and made them fight one another on an alien planet. And he kind of he got interested in humans. Like, why do they fight? 
why are those heroes and villains, why do they wear outlandish costumes? So in the second Secret Wars, he journeys to Earth, takes on the guise of a human, and pretty much tries to figure out what makes humans special. And he tries to do all of, all of these different schemes, because he still has all of his omnipotent godlike powers, and he causes a lot of trouble for the heroes and villains and citizens of Earth. But he is, a, he is trying to understand what makes humans the way that they are. That is the theme of the book. Yeah. It's handled... It's handled terribly, I'm not going to lie, Secret Wars 1 was better, but it was still that. Like, he even had a dialogue with Captain America, basically saying, why are you doing what you do? You are a normal human, in, in a world of gods and Iron Man and monsters. And he basically had this dialogue of, why are, why are you humans trying to do what you do? Why do you fight? And he basically figured out, like, in order to become a human, I have to die. I have to have that end of my life. I can't live forever. Yeah. And do whatever I want. I have to... I've only got 60, 70, whatever years, so I need to make each of them count. And it's not just, oh, I live forever, so everything loses all meaning. It's, I've only got... A, I've got a ticking clock, and I need to make every second count. And not only for you, but for your for your prodigy, for your brood, for anything else that comes after you. It's, you don't want it to stop with you. You may not be able to, to control it anymore, but you want it to continue. Um, but... Uh, basically, at this point, you have completed uh, your first podcast with me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, I'm Trevor Sutton. This has been Story Arc. My guest. I'm Brady the Just, the Brady Barassa. Uh, thank you for having me on, Mr. Trevor, and I hope to be on uh, on several more um, if, if it comes to that. Thank you. No problem. We'd love to have you again, uh, and uh, <laughs> thank you very much. And also, if you'd like to do a plug-in, too, uh, any, any, anything you'd like to advertise otherwise. I've got a full, like, 20 viewers, so, you know, it, it gets out there. I'm super popular. <laughs> I am an author, writer, musician, so please search up the name Brady the Just. Uh, you'll find a fiction press, two YouTube channels. If you want to see uh, my stories, my music, my slow-paced gameplay, and basically the way that I look at the world, as you've seen in this podcast, uh, please do feel free to look me up and uh, let me know that you're. Let me know that you're out there. So thank you.